Welcome to more football, the Thanksgiving Day edition, so to speak, alongside Vox Lombardi, Richard Johnson, and Adam Amber. Of course, the show's in Canada, but here in America, everyone's getting set for Thanksgiving, and that means, hey, even for Canadians, it just means lots of great football on Thursday. So looking forward to all those games coming up. We'll talk about not only the games on Thanksgiving Day, but also the games of the weekend. Honestly, just lots happening right now in football, including some teams you got to start paying some more respect to. However, we start on a somber note, which is, oh, Joe Burrow. Guy's had a fantastic season with the Cincinnati Bengals, but there's not as much around him. And unfortunately, that ends up with a catastrophic injury. Burrow tears his ACL, his MCL, has other structural issues. We know Burrow's had a fantastic season, Richard, but this creates a larger conversation, which is when you have an investment like this, when you have a can't-miss number one guy, a guy who's incredible for LSU in college, you got to be able to protect that investment at all costs. Yeah, you know, you feel bad for the guy. You see a guy like Teddy Bridgewater who also had a disastrous knee injury like this. You've seen him come back and you've seen him be okay. Uh, you know, rehab is tough, but hopefully he can get on the other side and, and the medical people can take good care of him. What your point, Adnan, about protecting the house, as Vash Lombardi loves to say, it is so well taken. But I, I think we got to talk about what we're talking about when we say protect the house. This was not like some catastrophic bust of protection. This is the margins of play in the NFL, right? Uh, you know, the, the left guard gets his hand swatted by Jonathan Allen and it sets off a chain reaction that ends up with left guard Jonathan Allen tripping over Giovanni Bernard, who's trying to block a linebacker into Joe Burrow's leg. It's just, it's just one of those things, man. And it, it's tough. It's football. It very much so sucks. Uh, Joe Burrow is the best player on that team within 11 weeks, and that says a lot about a guy that just got there. You know, simply put, you know, the offensive lineman is, is honestly the worst I've ever seen. But if they were simply just bad, then maybe that wouldn't have happened. But then again, the Washington football team's D-line is really, really good. So it is football, man. That just happens to happen. But uh, if I could be thankful for something, since we're talking about being thankful, I'm thankful for modern medicine because back in the day, they would have to chop Joe Burrow's leg off. I, I think oh. Joe would be back in about six or eight or nine or so months. He's going to go through his rehab. I think he should be good to go. Luckily, he still has football to be played. Um, but when we talk about these things, right, protecting the investment, Trevor Lawrence was watching like, hey, man, Yo, Jets, can y'all do something to make sure this doesn't happen to me? And that's why I think Sam Donald is very important to them. You know, Jets fans or even just fans of the league, you know, we, we would say, okay, we get Trevor. That means Sam Donald got to go. I think the opposite. I think you get Trevor, continue to sit Trevor and let Sam kind of get beat up. You hope, that, you know, nothing bad happens to Sam. But until you can build that team into something you want to roll that Lamborghini known as Trevor Lawrence into, then that's when you build and that's when you roll them out. But until then, protect your young guys man but see i actually i actually disagree there about specifically the jets because they have the biggest piece which is the blindside left tackle makai beckton i think if he continues on this trajectory could be a very very good left tackle in this league that is such a unique unicorn position to have a rookie play very well at i think you've already got a, a very key piece of the house the house being protection as we're talking about now we talk about what's going to happen this uh this year salary wise the cap's not going to skyrocket up the cap is going to stay relatively flat, if not uh, even come down. When that happens, you're going to have a lot of teams this offseason trying to shed veterans. And uh, eventually, you are going to get a few veteran offensive linemen that fall to a team like the Jets with a whole bunch of cap space. So I don't think it's, it's, it's a bereft line situation for the future of the Jets. 
That's very fair. Becton is one of the better uh, rookie offensive line to just roll in and just be great, you know, day one. Shots out to him. But as a Cowboys fan, I'll tell you this right now. Just because Zach Martin is that right guard, that don't mean your right tackle is good. Fair point. And bottom line is this. We just hope that Burrow can come back and be that guy. There's no guarantee. We know modern medicine has never been what it once. You know, it's, it's never been better, so to speak. And clearly, a lot of this is about rehab, putting the effort in, and Joe Burrow I just hope he can come back and be that guy because obviously the, the ceiling felt like it was very high for him. You know, upside, very, very high for a guy like him. I just hope the Bengals can recover. Joe Burrow recovers. An excellent work by Richard using bereft. I mean, last week's simpatico. Now we've got bereft. We are we are rolling here. We now get to Vach and a little bit of bragging rights here. Was Vach right about Tom Brady specifically? Because earlier in the season, there was conversation with the Buccaneers. How good are Brady and the Bucs? And Vach's like, nah, I ain't buying it. I don't know if he called him trash, but he said, I'm not buying it. Brady. To Vach's point, 0 for 19 on deep passes his last four games. He's missed on his last 22 attempts. These are deep balls specifically. That's the longest streak for any quarterback since 2017. Listen, this Bucks offense right now, Vach, in disarray. They should have, I don't know, they should have won that game. They had a chance to win that game. And then Brady threw a terrible pick with under two minutes to go. Listen, there's concerns right now for Tom Brady and the Bucks. And Bruce Arians, talk about a guy not mincing his words. He's been very clearly, yeah, Tom's got to be better. Of course, Vosh was right. And, you know, this this isn't like a pat me on the back situation. It's just that, you know, sometimes it's easy to get caught up in a really good storyline. This Tom Brady thing is a really, really good storyline. But if you look at modern football and you look at what Tom Brady does, that just lets you know how great Tom Brady is. Let me give Tom Brady props, right? As football continues to evolve, he's been what he's been and he's still been great at it. So once upon a time, there were only three quarterbacks that were able to move around, right? Like Matt Hasselbeck or something. Jeff Garcia was probably a guy that can move around. Donovan McNair. Michael Vick. That's that's about all we had. So every single quarterback in the league has got to be able to move now. That's just what we've evolved into. Tom Brady's not a guy that's going to move around. That's one against him. So all he's going to do is he's going to be super cerebral, ball touch, ball in the right place, timing guy. But if you if your arm isn't what it used to be, if you don't see things as fast as you normally do, if you can't get the football to certain places, you know, maybe some of that touch goes away. You know, it's not like a Drew Brees situation to where he can't get the ball to go past 15 yards. Tom Brady may be over throws a pass because he just doesn't have that same feel anymore and he doesn't have an extra element of his game to get him out of trouble so tom brady is a statue and he's a shell of himself that makes it bad for him i don't think the buccaneers are a super bowl team at all and their defense have been keeping them alive that talent has been keeping them alive the play calling looks kind of weird right you know it's like hey let's feed mike evans to make sure he doesn't get pissed off at us let's feed antonio brown to make sure he doesn't get pissed off let's hand the ball off to antonio brown it's just kind of weird that's just isn't a winning football formula. Rich, what you think about this, man? Yeah, I, I don't think the Bucs are bad. I just think they're so dysfunctional. I, Bruce Arians said this week, he said, you know, Tom is, isn't seeing things right, yada, yada, yada. It's, again, like Vach is saying, Tom right now, it doesn't seem like he's taking the ball to the right places. And it, it, this this is deeper than deep ball accuracy or, or a different than a Drew Brees situation where he's short hopping out routes or stuff like that. It's is Tom taking the ball to the right place? And that might have a little bit to do with Tom misreading. It also might have a little bit to do with Mike Evans, or Chris Godwin, whatever receiver is misreading. And the other thing is there is a lack of execution uh, on that Bucks offense in general. Four swing passes dropped by those running backs on Monday night, three by Leonard Fournette. Th those are the checkdowns. Those are the dump-offs. 
Those are the free yards that the Bucs are not getting. Nothing is easy right now for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I, I don't see the thing that the Bucs are doing uh, uh, exceptionally well, right? The thing that you know that you can come back to that's going to work time and time again besides Antonio Brown. That, that's the one, the one thing that I think on Monday night you saw, you said, okay, it looks like they can sort of hang their hat on that. They, Tom targeted uh, Antonio Brown something like 10 times on Monday night. You can tell that Antonio is something of a safety blanket for Tom. And I think that speaks to why Tom fought so hard to get him in the building because Tom probably looked around week two, week three, said, hey, it ain't working. I'm not getting a rapport with these guys. I need something that I can go to if all hell breaks loose. Something I do like, though, I think there will be the the problems that they have. I think they will be fixed because there seems to be some accountability in that room, though. Right. Think about Adnan's Eagles. And I got to hold them accountable. We're going to talk about them later. But Doug Peterson will come out and be like, hey, man, Carson Wentz is our guy. Carson Wentz is going to keep doing everything he's been doing. He'll be OK. Not Bruce Arians. Bruce Arians said, hey, look, I don't know what the hell Tom Brady looking at. And <laughs> by him saying that, that makes me feel like they'll probably fix it. They're not just babying Tom Brady. If it's a situation where they're babying him, that it'll never get fixed. He's going to keep doing what he's doing. They're going to waste the season and the Bucks may uh, may lose a lot more since they sold their soul to get this whole thing in motion. Um, but if they can fix it, then sure. I just don't see them being as good as the hype would allow them to be. We will get to that Eagles conversation in a second. And part of that also is play calling. Doug Peterson's play calling has been poor. I think that's part of it too here, Rich, is the fact that when, when somebody asked Bruce Arians about that, Byron Left, which is the offensive coordinator, he made it clear, listen, Tom's the one calling these plays. He's the one that wants these deep balls. If he's misreading defenses, such, we're giving him all this power. We're giving him all this clout. They're just not executing. And he said, in practice, it looks fine. It's just not translating right now in games. Yeah, they're not babying him. I think Vach's point is very well taken. They are not babying him. They are not beating around the bush. They are not trying to, you know, massage his ego or whatever. No, we're professionals here, Tom Brady. If you're going to be in this league 20-some-odd years and you're going to be the GOAT or whatever, you should be able to handle some of this stuff. Uh, you should be able to handle the tough talk. Bruce Arians, I think, is coaching this the right way and in, in not coddling the situation and calling a spade a spade. Bucks have dropped 28 passes so far this season. That's the most in the NFL. And specifically those plays you guys mentioned, the running backs, Fournette, again, Arian said it's a combination of both. Fournette should be able to catch that pass, but Tom's going to make a better pass to his running back. The one screen pass, Ronald Jones, miscommunication there. So obviously lots of issues there to clean up, and they got a big game against Kansas City coming up. To zone. More live football than anyone else. Stream exclusive Premier League and UEFA Champions League. Stream every NFL game, including the Super Bowl, plus exclusive Red Zone, showing you every touchdown, every Sunday. DAZN. Start your free trial at DAZN.com and stream on multiple devices. More live football than anyone else. D-A-Z-N. DAZN. The Bucs have some issues. Now it's time to give some props, all right? Put some respect on the following teams. We kick it off here with the Raiders. This is the best Raiders team I've seen so far in the league. And I got to tell you guys, watching this Raiders team, I thought Carr almost pulled off a big win against Kansas City. They left a little bit too much time on the clock before Mahomes' magic stepped up. But Pro Football Focus right now has Carr as the second best passing grade since week four. Fox, the Raiders with Chucky and John Gruden, they're actually making some noise right now in the desert. 
Let me say something nice about the Raiders. I think that they have this whole Patrick Mahomes thing. Let me not say figured out, but they have a pretty good feel on how to attack them. Let me say that. And Derek Carr has improved. I think he's he's uh, getting better week by week. He's you know, and, and look, as long as you can feed to Josh Jacobs, that's a good little you know, uh, just a good uh, just a good thing to thing to go to when you don't have anything else to do. Um, Booker, Devontae Booker, right, former Bronco. You know, he you know, a couple weeks ago it seems like he's really getting into his groove, and Josh Jacobs seems to need some breaks. He's a guy that you can go to when Josh Jacobs needs a break. But it's just the overall how do we attack Kansas City they're not just lying down they're not just saying oh we're the Raiders and we're just gonna lose they actually had the game won until Pat Mahomes went to go do Pat Mahomes things so shots out to Pat Mahomes doing like you can't stop Pat Mahomes things that's just a new variable in the league that we just gotta you know that we just gotta account for but I think they're gonna be good enough to beat these other teams they're clearly a playoff team we added another playoff spot I think they're clearly in that spot um let's see them continue to get better you know they can do it versus this division team division games are always like this right the guy that you never think could win a game like this but there's just a common opponent they can do this against the uh chiefs let's see them do this against some other teams and if they can continue to get better and get that program going then we'll see what happens yeah the raiders were ready for vegas right they they, they had it operational and ready to rock once they got to las vegas I, I think that the raiders have definitely taken a step forward uh i think kelsey's point is well taken i love that they uh, they they didn't beat the Chiefs, but they hung with the Chiefs in a different way, right? The, the first game, it was splash plays, got some turnovers, were able to get it in the house and win the game. This was different, right? They hung shot for shot with the Chiefs for, I guess, 58 and a half minutes. But, of course, it's a 60-minute game. <laughs> yeah, they were, it was exciting while it lasted. The next team, then, is the Rams. And, again, it's a loaded division. We say that every week. But here's what they've got. they got an incredible coach here in Sean McVay. I'm not crazy about paying Jared Goff all that money, but I'll give Sean McVay $30 million a year because the Rams are 31-0 when leading at halftime under McVay. Every other coach has at least two losses. You know, oftentimes they look at a great coach and say, okay, halftime adjustments. Do you come out stronger in the third quarter? But in the case of McVay, Rich, this is a guy who he just puts his pedal to metal. He puts his foot on the gas. If he's got that lead, watch out. And when I like the Rams, I see a lot of this because of McVay, and that's why I like that team. I think Sean McVay deserves a lot of credit for, okay, he came on the Super Bowl run, and, right, they were lighting up the league, and nobody could stop him. Then a couple teams figured out how to stop him, right? The Lions in that Sunday night game, the Bears in the Sunday night game, uh, then obviously the Super Bowl. Teams started figuring out how to stop them. Last year was a little bit clunky. They weren't operating at full efficiency. But this year, Sean McVay's found out how to counter the counters. And that's good coaching. That's great coaching. That's the thing that you want. And I think it speaks to having a head coach who is a play caller on one side of the ball because they can fix what's broken when it is in fact broken. You know, I would say that there should be a lot more Sean McVay's in the league. You know, we look around with teams like, let's say like the Ravens, right? Lamar Jackson seems to have been figured out somewhat. But Rich made a, made a really great point. What do you figure out once you've been figured out? And in my mind, I thought the Rams were, were just going to go out and just run the football all day. Nah, Jerry Goff had 50 passes. Now, it's not like... Jerry Goff, you know, tore it up like Pat Mahomes would tear it up, but he tore it up in a way that Jerry Goff would tear it up. And I think that goes back to Sean McVay, game planning and things like that. So 
it's it's all about the Jimmys and Joes, right? It's about the players who has the better guys. It's just such an advantage when your coach bumps that up three more levels. So I'm absolutely giving the Rams respect. I would even say that their offense was so good that it made their defense even better. Fuller, uh, one of the Fuller guys, like like look, there's like nine Fullers in the league right now, but he's playing really really well. So it's just more guys on the defense just stepping up and they're playing great situational football. Cooper Cup and Robert Woods finally got going together. That was fun to see. Uh, that the, the Rams are going to be tough to look at like i said uh last week man i thought they were good because they were just beating up on my cowboys nah man they they are beating up on some teams and i wouldn't want to play them in the playoffs and a good mention of cup and woods both those guys double digit receptions a real great one-two combo for golf when they get rolling watch out defensively obviously they lean on aaron donald former defensive player of the year and jalen ramsey which brings us to the indianapolis colts this is not a team with so-called big names or playmakers on defense but they've been awfully stout all season and we saw that against the green bay packers first half you're going all right aaron Rodgers throwing it well here we go but in the second half they held them only three points they pull off the victory in overtime colts are now seven and three and again it's about being opportunistic Five you just mentioned situational football. Well, a big part of defense, obviously, is creating those turnovers. They forced four Packers turnovers on Sunday. How about Frank Reich and the Colts, 7-3 and three right now? That Colts defense is legit. They're not just beating up on nobody. They're beating up on everybody. They are matchup proof. And if we had any questions, it's about how the Colts are going to grow on offense. Midseason form is the thing. And the more you go week by week, you learn more. Uh, Michael Pittman, uh, glad to have you. Rookie from uh, USC. You know, if, if, if we were waiting on the pass game to evolve at some point, Phillip Rivers kind of needed somebody to throw to. I don't think T.Y. Hilton is that guy anymore. So we got our good rookie in there. And he's not doing anything super spectacular. He's not Chase Claypool or anything like that. Shouts out to the Rookie Diaries. But what they Shots can out. do is they can is they can just get him the ball short and let him do yak things. You know, they can give him the ball when he's wide open and let him do yak things. I think that's 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 a good thing for Rivers to have that outlet. Then you just run the ball with your three run, with your uh, three backs. You don't know which back is going to be great that year. So I recommend our fancy football nerds to stay away from those guys. I got burned this week trusting Naeem Hines, but. You know, just just as long as you get it going, it doesn't matter who you get it going with. It doesn't matter who the main running back is. It doesn't matter who's your number one receiver. As long as you can put points up on offenses, that was the big question. Can Phillip Rivers put up points with Aaron Rodgers? And by God, he did. Colts did what was necessary. Last year they said, hey, the passing offense is not what we need it to be. They went and got old man Phillip Rivers. And credit to old man Phillip Rivers. He's playing well enough to this point. I mean, they're, they're leading the division. They're in the driver's seat. Uh, potentially for a home playoff spot. They need to take care of business against the Titans this weekend, and we'll get to that game. But, yeah, man, Colts are playing well right now, and this is right about what we thought they could be sort of their ceiling. They're sort of on track to do an 11-5 and or a 10-6, and and that's a, a good, competent professional football team. Yeah, and nobody will ever question the toughest of Phillip Rivers. Yes, he's long in the tooth. Yes, he can be erratic at times, but you saw him on the sidelines gutting it through, gimping, I mean, limping literally with a bad ankle. He's like, no, I'm staying in here. We'll figure this out. Jacoby Brissett on for a series after that. Rivers was able to take over. So good stuff there from Rivers and the Indianapolis Colts right now. So let's talk about the New Orleans Saints right now. If there's one team I trust in the NFC, it would be the Saints. Other teams can kind of be hit and miss, but the way the Saints are rolling right now, you lose Drew Brees, no problem. You bring in Jameis Winston. No, no, no. You bring in Taysom Hill, okay? Last week on More Football, we're talking Winston and Richard said, hey, hey, hey. Maybe it's going to be Taysom Hill. And clearly, Sean Payton is toying with all of us. He's like, yeah, I love Taysom Hill. That's my guy. Two rushing touchdowns, 18 to 23, 233 yards versus the Falcons. Hill played well. Obviously, Sean Payton's a great offensive mind. Alvin Kamara, who I've been touting all year, was basically a non-factor. Defense has really improved against Atlanta. 
The Saints, when you can have depth like this, Rich, this is awfully impressive work. Your thoughts first, though, on Taysom Hill getting the ball. First of all, the joke's on me because I did not think the Taysom Hill thing was going to work. I thought Sean Payton was trolling us, toying with us. Uh, but uh, effectively, he ended up toying with the Atlanta Falcons uh, more than anything else. I don't know if this is a long-term thing. Uh, I guess long-term for the short term, if that makes sense, for the entirety of Drew Brees' injury. But I think what we did see is that Sean Payton would rather have it sort of between the navigational beacons, right? Taysom Hill, I don't think, is really going to get you in trouble. He's not going to do that. I the thing. He's not going to do the things that I think Sean Payton is afraid of the bad version of Jameis Winston doing, right? I, I do not think that uh, Taysom Hill's going to do those things. Now, the other thing is Taysom Hill's not going to give you the good things that would be the good version of Jameis, which is pushing the ball vertically down the field. I think what Taysom Hill is is a lack of variance. And when you're as good as the Saints are with all of the other 21 positions, I think you'll take that uh, with Taysom Hill in there, just sort of keeping everything level. I think Sean Payton rolled out Taysom Hill because he wants a raise. This was a ego thing. This was a, <laughs> hey, look what I can do type of situation. And they did pretty okay. Now, can you sustain this for six or so weeks? I think the Falcons defense kind of enables you to do some weird things. And, you know, cool. But what I think, uh, you know, we should look for moving forward is all the tape that we had on Taysom Hill at first was him being a punt team gunner, was him being a tight end, a running back sometimes. Like, he's probably th thrown, like, what, 10 passes his whole time here. So we really didn't have film on Taysom Hill. What happens when we break down that film on Taysom Hill? How do you adjust to that? Now, if Sean Payton is brilliant, if Sean Payton is brilliant, just roll Jameis out this week like, like nothing happened last week. That'll be fire. That'll be incredible. Um, but, Rich, you made a really, really good point, though, man. Sometimes less is more. You know, Jameis could go out there with his brand-new LASIK and throw the ball to the other team. Taysom Hill may not be as courageous to make some of those throws. Maybe Taysom Hill doesn't have the mental thing that I can make every single throw so he could be a little more careful with the football. There's also mobility. You know, Jameis isn't much of a runner. You can at least run the football with Taysom Hill. So, um, I, think, uh, I think less is more. I think Sean just did what he wanted to do with Taysom just to kind of prove his point. Uh, but if we have to continue to play Taysom in the playoffs when the defenses get better, that's going to be the real, you know, question mark and the real test. Yeah, and Taysom Hill right now no longer eligible as a tight end in fantasy football. Just to set out for all you fantasy football nerds out there. And I, I think that makes a lot of sense, Rich, what Vach is saying. Jameis is high risk, high reward. Hill is a low risk guy and obviously opportunistic. But playoff time, and, and the other team is lighting it up. If your defense is having a bad game, I don't trust Taysom Hill to be able to lead your team back. But again, it's only supposed to be three weeks, allegedly, for Drew Brees with all these cracked ribs and a collapsed lung. So two more weeks of Taysom Hill, I can deal with that, right? Yeah, you know, as long as he comes out and, and continues to, like we're saying, keep him between the navigational beacons and you'll be all right. <laughs> all right, let's move on and talk about the Philadelphia Eagles then and Carson Wentz because I have been a Carson Wentz apologist Love the guy, okay? Love his energy, love his heart, love his accuracy. Blah, 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 blah. Bottom line is this. <laughs> I've used every excuse possible, Vach. I blame the O-line. Peters is ancient. Kelsey's ancient. He's got no receivers. For God's sakes, Fulgham, they signed in week four. He makes $128,000. Deshaun Jackson was a terrible signing. He's never healthy. He's never there. They missed Zach Ertz. He's a great tight end. He wanted more money. Now he's not even on the field. For God's sakes, Richard Rodgers was their best player as far as catching the ball. He's the backup tight end behind Dallas Goddard. All of that is to say is this you got to beat the Cleveland Browns. I know the Browns are better this year. That's a winnable game. And the problem isn't just Doug Peterson's play calling, which is still an issue. They run the ball seven straight carries, by the way, doing great with Miles Sanders. He's got plenty of yards, and then he coughs it up inside the five. The turnovers kill them. 
And Carson Wentz's decision-making in that game was awful. There's no getting around it. He was making terrible decisions. And when you're turning the ball over at that rate, whether it's a pick six, which opened the scoring for Cleveland, or inexcusably late in the game, it's so deflating, which raises this question. We see other great young quarterbacks. We see Tua Tungavailoa come in and get benched, and Ryan Fitzpatrick comes in, and Brian Flores says, ah, no problem, Tua's still the guy. He just wasn't playing well. Well, in the issue of Wentz, Doug Peterson said the following, you're sending the wrong message that your season is over. We have to work through this. That's the question of benching him. They're playing Seattle on Monday night. Watch. Why not bench Carson Wentz? He's not playing well. Just give Jalen Hurts a shot. You know what you have with Jalen Hurts then? Well, you know, football doesn't really have that, you know, bench you when you're cold mentality for quarterbacks. It's just a you're my guy. We're just going to live and die by my guy. You were saying all these good things about Carson Wentz. He's a good dude, but we do not pay him to be a good dude. And it's just, it's just so interesting how far he's fallen from that MVP candidate season. Like, where's that guy? Where's that dude? I know that there are some injuries there, but... Come on, son. It's, it's, it's not that you lost or it's not that your team is bad. But with our football eyes, we can kind of see through a lot of that stuff. Oh, okay, Carson Wentz, this happened, but the receiver just wasn't fast enough to get there. We can see through that. Carson Wentz is doing some egregiously bad things. Doug Peterson is calling some egregiously bad plays. So is it Jalen Hurts time? Well, we just talked about less being more. Maybe with the dial back playbook that you give Jalen Hurts because you won't run the same plays with Jalen Hurts that you run with Carson Wentz. That may be better for the Eagles. That change of pace may be better. Uh, let's let's get some of these short passes in. You may throw some of these deep, wild you know, concepts because you trust Carson Wentz and his arm talent, and he's done it before, but he may not be the guy that you that, that gained your trust. So let's dial that playbook back a little bit, Doug Peterson, to protect yourself and to protect your quarterback. Jalen Hurst should probably be, be starting right now, not because he's better, just because Carson's just losing his job at this point. I mean, I don't know, though. They are in the thick of a playoff race. It's the dumbest playoff race any of us have ever seen, <laughs> but it is still a playoff race all the same. And I, I don't know if they're ready to throw a rookie into that. And, you know, I'd be interested and as an Eagles fan. Are you do you are you so sort of uh, pining for change that you may risk the playoffs slipping away? Or do you think that the Eagles can't afford to lose a game or two potentially because of Jalen Hurts because the other teams are just so bad that they're in this division? With? It, it's Drift a lot of rich. I say, you know, we're playing Seattle on Monday night. Seattle's probably going to win that game. And right now you get a three-way tie, a half game back of the Eagles. So regardless, either the Giants or Washington are going to be in first place. Whoever, excuse me, the Cowboys or uh, the Redskins, Washington football team is going to be in first place regardless of who wins on Thanksgiving. So Eagles are already going to be playing catch-up, so to speak. That's probably an L against Seattle. Let me just see what Jalen Hurts says anyways. Like, I think I would literally look at the matchup. If it's a winnable game in my mind, then I'm going to go with Carson Wentz. But if it's a game that I feel like we're probably going to lose anyways and Wentz has been slumping, why not just give him a week right now? Let me see what I have in Jalen Hurts. God, if they beat Seattle, that would be incredible. They're probably not going to, but I have more tape, more valuation of what Jalen Hurts can do. And, and the bottom line is this. Wentz's numbers don't lie. 14 touchdowns, 14 interceptions. And here's the big one here, Vach. You talk about Hurts being, you know, simplifying the playbook, short passes, slants rather than go routes. Wentz's completion percentage is 58%. That's ranked 32nd. Like 10 years away ago in football, you'd be like, oh, if you're like a 60% pass, you're all right. This guy's at 58%. That's not going to cut it. 
I think the one thing that we're going to always go back to is the Eagles drafting Jalen Hurts in the second round. You know, you know, surface level, it looks weird because, you know, you have your quarterback already, quote unquote. But do you have your quarterback already? Does this front office know something that we don't know? Did they anticipate uh, Carson Wentz being terrible? I mean, he wasn't great last year or the year before that, neither. I mean, with the injuries also. Uh, so maybe that pick was better than we thought it was, you know, picking uh, picking Hurts. So, yeah, we're, we're just we're just going to have to see what happens. But but what what's interesting to me as of now, as of today, is the good old tankathon, right? If you don't want to be in the playoffs and you want those draft picks, do you keep playing Carson Wentz? Um, or or do you try to win football games with Jalen Hurts? I think the weird thing about Carson Wentz, though, Carson Wentz is capable of going out and having a good game. Like he just lost to the Browns this this week. But he was just having a shootout with Pittsburgh a few weeks ago. And he was looking solid enough to win a game versus Pittsburgh. They lost, but he was looking solid in that game. So that's just another wild card. You don't know which Carson Wentz you're getting. Like, if he's bad every week, at least I can rest at night knowing Carson Wentz is bad every week. But the amb- but the ambiguous nature of his quarterback play is what sucks the most. But if you're Doug Peterson, you need the playoffs. There's no tanking involved here. If they Fair. tank or they don't make the playoffs – Doug Peterson ain't going to be coaching this team. They're going to be coaching all those sexy new picks next year. And, you know, it's it's a one-game season when you get to the playoffs. And we saw last year, we saw last year how close they came with McCown in there. So, you know, they can maybe get in the playoffs and win a game and sort of prolong the Doug Peterson, uh, the Doug Peterson era. Bottom line is this: the Eagles right now three six and one. If they play five hundred football, if they go three and three, they're six nine and one. They could win the division. Problem is, they're not even close to being a five hundred team right now. Through ten games, they only have three wins. And to, to Rich's point about Peterson, that hot seat's going to start getting warmer. Since that Super Bowl triumph, they are 22-20 and one. They're basically a five hundred team. And for Carson Wentz, there's some thought as well here. Maybe he reunites with Frank Reich in Indianapolis. Whenever Rivers says goodbye, mm. maybe Wentz goes to Indianapolis. Reich obviously likes him. They can rekindle that. Bottom line is this. It's gone from fly, Eagles, fly, to buy, Eagles, buy, unless Carson Wentz can turn things around. Bye, Felicia. All right, let's talk some games, guys. Tennessee and Indianapolis. We talked a lot about the Colts, how good their defense was a week ago, how good they've been all season at 7-3. and three. Let's focus in on the Titans now at 7-3. and three. It feels very old school here, Rich, but relying on a running game like Derrick Henry, a bruising back, get things done, they win in overtime. How do you match up? It feels like it's Titans offense versus Colts defense, two 7-3 and three teams. Yeah, I do not think the Titans are that far away from the Colts. You know, A.J. Brown catches that pass down the left sideline in that Thursday night game. I think it's a totally different game. I cannot wait for this game. I think this is a legitimate, uh, good game. Obviously, the playoff implications. And it's going to be a close game. And, and I, hey, I don't know. I've been doubting the Titans for about a year and a half now. At some point in time, the joke's on me. I, I think it is the Titans' time. Uh, but, of course, we know that the game script for the Titans is narrow. But we keep saying that, and they keep winning these football games. So they're playing the script as perfectly as humanly possible, apparently. Joke is on you, Rich. I'm going to point at you and laugh at you. Ha, ha, ha. These Titans, they're ready to go, playboy. And look, both both these teams, like not only are they hot, but they're coming off wins versus really good teams. 
right? So let's just give them proper credit there. Then to kind of see them collide against each other. I think it's going to come down to what you're worst at, right? So we know that the Titans offense has an identity, right? We're going to pound the ball with Derrick Henry. Tannehill, hey, let's not sleep on Tannehill. I know that, that, that you know, they're a run first team, so to speak, but Tannehill was more reliable than Lamar Jackson last week. I'm not saying anything, but, but Tannehill <laughs> has seemed to have gotten his groove and A.J. Brown is a grown man, but we know that Tennessee offense has an identity. Well, that Colts defense has an identity, right? So now this comes down to can old man Rivers boogie with the Titans defense. I think that's going to be the matchup to see how this thing plays out. I mean, if I got to pick a winner, um, I would say Colts, man, defense wins in this uh, this this league of all offense. So I'm going with Colts. All right, look forward to that game. Chargers and Buffalo. We know that Vach is down on Bills Mafia, but the Chargers and Justin Herbert, God, is he fun to watch. Anthony Lynn, though, close games is always a disaster. What do you think, Chargers or Bills here, Vach? Well, let me say something quasi-nice about the Bills and Bills Mafia. that They should be very much so pissed off about how their last outing went. Now, they played very, very well. It's just this is a results-based business, and, you know, New Hopkins had the last result. But the Bills did play well that game. So now the Bills have to come out, and they have to make that win up. Justin Herbert is still on fire with the Chargers. So, once again, what I think is going to happen, I think it's going to be an incredible game. This is good for fantasy football on both sides, start, start both sides or whatnot. But I think... The the Chargers are going to be winning up until the end where they lose to the Bills. I got Bills. I would like the Chargers to win this game because I, uh, I I took a little bit of an ambitious money line pop on the Chargers. I, I do think the Chargers can win this game. As far as it, close games go, eventually the Chargers have to win these one-score games. And it's not a, it, it's not a vestige of skill or what have you. It's literally math. Like the one score games more than more than any other type of game, basically a coin flip in the NFL. Eventually, if you're losing a lot of one score games or you're winning a lot of one score games, you come back down to earth. So eventually the Chargers will win a few of these one score games. Uh, and here's hoping they get this one. All right. Next up here, Casey in Tampa Bay. Again, we talked about Tampa Bay's dysfunction. How about Mahomes? I mean, listen, he wasn't actually playing great the entire game for Casey. That pick late in the first half. But then you give him about a minute 40. Oh, dude, plenty of time. Seven straight passes, minute five, wide open to Travis Kelsey. And the Kansas City Chiefs are 9-1. and one. Andy Reid, by the way, unbelievable on the road. His winning percentage with the all-time greats when it comes to winning on the road. They're on the road again here against Tampa. Rich, what do you think? Chiefs or Buccaneers? I think we think the Bucs are a good team, but you look left and you look right, and the Bucs have not beaten anybody in their neighborhood of NFL teams. This is the prove-it game for the Bucs. Monday night was a prove-it game for the Bucs. At home, they lost. They have got to win this game. The Chiefs do not need this game. Chiefs are going to walk that division. Chiefs are going to host a home playoff game. The Bucs need this. And if they come out and they're flat again, that really tells me something about these Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers can be as desperate as they want. They can come out as fiery as they want. That is Pat Mahomes on the other side. And I know the Pat Mahomes, Tom Brady battle rivalry thing. I know it's very, very young. The new guard versus the old. Uh, I know that, you know, that's a young matchup. But, uh, hey, Pat Mahomes is getting better. Tom Brady has gotten worse. So I know that the Tampa Bay defense is going to do the best that they can, but Pat Mahomes is what we call matchup proof, sir. So, uh, you know, we're, we're going to let Pat Mahomes run out there and score all those points. And I'm not saying that the Kansas City defense are a juggernaut of a defense, but Tom Brady is going to throw bad pass against anybody. So I'm definitely going Chiefs long shot. 
The Ravens have lost two straight games. They've lost three or four. When's the last time you could see Lamar Jackson throw for 300 yards, even 250 yards? Vertical passing game is not happening. And they've got nine guys who have tested positive for COVID-19. In case you're wondering, what would happen with the NFL when this would happen? Uh, the answer is this. They're still going to play the game. They've shut down the facility. But all indications are we're still going to get Baltimore and Pittsburgh I feel like this is a must win for the Ravens. Pittsburgh is at 10-0. We know how tough the AFC is. Lamar and the Ravens got to step up in this one, Rich. The Ravens have got to come out and show they can win in a high-leverage situation, right? When when they ne don't necessarily need to, uh, they can be fine, right? When their nose is in front, they're fine. But when the chips are down and when they really need a win, the Ravens have not been able to get it. They haven't been able to beat these Steelers the last go around. Uh, they haven't been able to beat the Titans in the last two games. Those are games that you say, man, the Ravens have to be up for it. The Ravens have to be ready to rock. One of them was a playoff game, of course. Uh, I need to see the Ravens up with some fight. We talked about counters to the counters. The league has sort of figured out this Ravens run game out. What does Greg Roman in that offense do to continue to keep it fresh and have counters to the counters that the defense is throwing? Not only do the Ravens need this game, but former MVP Lamar Jackson needs this game. Because if we have any questions about Lamar Jackson, you know, it's the big game situation, right? He's 0-2 in the playoffs, and this is a big game for him. We need you to overcome this, sir. Now, we know that you're a team that's driven around the run game. Well, J.K. Dobbins and Mark Ingram both have the COVID. I wish them to recover pretty soon, but you got Gus Edwards back there, and you got to make it work with them. Hollywood Brown is giving you nothing. Dez Bryant, he's been there for a little bit, he's giving you nothing. Mark Andrews just had a good game last week, but prior to that, he hasn't done very much. So Lamar Jackson, former MVP, Lamar Jackson, it is your time to elevate your team to go and get this W by any means possible. It just sucks that the team across the way from you is undefeated and they're hot right now. You mentioned Des Bryant, boss. He made four catches last week. First time he's had that many catches since 2017. It's a long time coming there. And when it comes to the Ravens, they've obviously have to step up. And for Pittsburgh, Chase Claypool's must-see TV, okay? Ten games, the guy has ten touchdown catches. And lastly, Chicago and Green Bay. This is how bad the NFC is. The seven teams right now making the playoffs. The team that's right now eighth outside looking in is the Bears at 5-5. Five and five. I don't know anybody right now is honking for the Bears and thinks they're going to make noise. But albeit as it is, Green Bay right now, they were outscored 20-3 to in the second half against the Colts. A bad letdown from the Packers as Indianapolis pulled off that victory. Fox, you think the Packers bounce back or the Bears pull off a surprise in a big divisional game? Nick Foles is the GOAT, but it's not going to be enough. Um, I, I just have Green Bay Packers so easily. You know, I think the Bears defense can make it interesting. And the Bears defense, when they know an opponent, division opponents, right? When they know these opponents, they just seem to do a bit, bit more better. But that's still... Aaron Rodgers on the other side, and I don't think Nick Foles is going to be able to survive in that shootout. So I'm definitely going Packers. Rivalry game closer than the experts think, but Pack go, Pack go. All right, KC and Tampa, by the way, really good feature on zone. Make sure you check it out. Just talk about those quarterbacks, what Mahomes is doing on a trajectory to try to overcome some of the great quarterbacks of all time, like Tom Brady. So check that out on zone. And when it comes to hot fire, I mean, Wesley Chang, Steven Sahoyos, they tell you all that you need to know when it comes to the lineup and fantasy football advice coming down to the wire. So make sure you check those guys out. They're awesome. Most importantly, thanks to all of you. We give thanks to all of you. Happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy the turducken. Enjoy some stuffing. Enjoy some cornbread. For Vox Lombardi, Richard Johnson, I'm Adnan Burke. We'll see you next time on More Football.